Hi, and welcome to the Kelowna Girl Tries podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 94, Sunday, April 24th, 2011. Hope you enjoy it. How's it going? I'm sitting here on my deck. I'm actually laying on my back on top of the hot tub, the hot tub cover, kind of on the edge so it doesn't break. <laughs> so if it doesn't sound like I'm laying on my back, that's because I am. I'm trying to find the warmest spot in the yard, and the breeze has just picked up just a bit. So it's pretty nice out here. Blue skies for two days in a row, and the temperatures have been low 60s. And so I am trying to get a little sun on me. It's pretty nice. Oh, man, I just couldn't bear to sit inside on my computer and record on the better mic. So you're just going to have to take the sound however it turns out to be. Well, I've had a pretty decent week. Uh, managed to get my running back up a little bit. And, and there goes all my papers, all my cheat sheets. Now I have to go and grab them all because I made a bunch of notes about things I want to talk about. Anyways, yeah, I started to get my running back up again, and that's uh, just been careful, slow and gradual. And I, I'm gonna go for a run today, and I guess after my run today, I'll probably have a better idea of if I'm if I'm back to where I should be. Uh, but because up until now, I've I've done sort of slow runs and short runs. I haven't done any longish ones, so we'll see how it goes today. Anyways, the other thing is, last week, last weekend, uh, after my show, I, I guess it was last Sunday, and I thought, geez, I really, really, really know I need to be doing stretching and yoga every single day, and I just don't end up doing it. I'm just, I can't seem to get into a pattern of being disciplined enough, and I, I kind of whined about that on Facebook, and I said, could somebody nag me, or somebody, you know, if, I, if I'm accountable, I sometimes... If I have someone to be accountable to, sometimes it helps me to, to do it. So, anyway, Sheila and a couple of other women commented, and Sheila wants to do the same thing. And Jason Gallant from Mainly Triathlon um, said he would gladly nag me until I tell him to stop. So, <laughs> he has been doing it all week. And you know what? Between Sheila and Jason, um, that little bit of just knowing that someone might be looking to see if I'm actually doing it has been enough to get me out there and I have done yoga not every single day but I think at least five five um, out of the last seven days so I'm pretty happy with myself and that Sunday after my run I, that Sunday before I went to bed I did a 30, 30 minutes of yoga I mostly do the yoga for runners but now I, I've gotten to know the, the poses so well um, that I actually don't really need to listen to a, or follow a program I can just put a roll up my my mat and do it on my own hear a bit of a hum that's just the motor of the hot tub that I'm sitting on top of so hopefully it won't be too annoying uh, Monday is my normally my day off and so I did take it as a day off and I, but I did do 20 minutes of yoga and then Tuesday was my run day and so I went out just for 30 minutes easy uh, I wore my orthotics I'm trying to think was that the day that I did Oh yeah, that was right. So I'd gone for one run where I ran the last 15 minutes without orthotics. And so Tuesday I was going to do half and half and I could not find my orthotics. I looked everywhere for about 15 minutes and I really only had a short amount of time to run. So I finally decided to heck with it and I went out and I ran without any orthotics. I'd only run 30 minutes so I was being pretty careful and I didn't run hard. Um, stayed close to home, didn't do hills or anything. Did about four and a half kilometers and I felt okay. But the bottom of my foot, on the ball of my foot, was still kind of achy sore. And in fact, it was achy sore for the next two or three days. It felt like I wanted to crack it in or something like that. So it's kind of funny because on Thursday, I went for my my physio appointment, and uh, or my chiro appointment, and I mentioned that to her. And she um, pl played around with my foot and felt, and she said, well, my foot's jammed. My toes are kind of jammed, and she cracked them and really hurt. But she cracked them, and then instantly the pain was gone. My foot hasn't hurt at all since then. So uh, I don't know if I have to go and get that done after every time I run or not. She said, strictly, it's, she said it's 
perfectly normal. It's because I've been forefoot running without orthotics. And uh, she says, it's just going to take a little time for my feet to adapt and should be no problem. And all the pains and things that I'm feeling right now after my runs are well within the range of normal. So good. That's what I was hoping for. Um, today I'm going to do, my plan is to run an hour to an hour and a half, depending on how I feel. And uh, I'm going to do half an hour of that as uh, without my orthotics. So we'll see how it goes. I think today I'm going to try running without first and then put them in and run the rest of it with. I've been doing it the opposite, and I'm not really sure what way is best, but anyways, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Wednesday, I was supposed to do hill repeats, but I decided rather than just sit there and go up and down the same hill, I decided to ride out to the end of Lakeshore and back, because it's a rolling hills. They're not long hills, like I'm supposed to be doing like six to eight minutes of steady long, low, like not too steep hills, but um, instead I did a whole bunch of short, hard ones, and I went really hard on, on the ups, and I went really easy on the descents. So it's just a different kind of hill workout, and I like doing that kind. Of, I need to. I feel like I need to build up the leg strength, and I'm sick and tired of having my heart rate so low. So even zone three and zone four is, seems too low to me when I'm riding uphill. So I just let myself push hard up the hills and yeah, let it drop on the way down. So that was good. Did about 27k in an hour and 15 minutes or something, and I did some yoga that night as well. I was actually watching TV at the time, and I thought, oh, gee, if I don't get it in, um, I just forced I said I have to do yoga while I'm watching TV. So it was actually a little bit more of a stretching than a real yoga session, but it was definitely better than nothing. Thursday, uh, I went for a run with Eric after work, and we went down on the Greenway, and that was where I ran a full hour, um, did about 9K. Uh, the first half I ran with my Newtons with the orthotics in them, and then the next 30 minutes, so I went out and back for 30, and then I went out and back again 30, another 30 minutes. I switched over to my trail shoes without orthotics, the Innovates. They're uh, Talon 190s, and I haven't run with them before, and so I thought I'd give them a shot, and they felt pretty comfortable. I decided I'm not going to wear them again for a little while, just until I transition out of the orthotics completely, because so I think it kind of threw a sort of a third variable into the mix that I don't really want to throw that in right now. I, if, if the orthotics are not wearing orthotics is a problem. I don't want to know, I want to know whether it's not having orthotics or whether it's just a different pair of shoes. So I'm going to stick with my Newtons for the next little while. Uh, no, it's a long weekend for us. I'm in the middle of Easter weekend. It's Easter Sunday right now and I had Friday off and I have Monday off too. Oh Canada, yay Canada. So Friday afternoon I biked really easy. I drove my car down to the flats and I just biked out to Rutland and back two hours, nice and slow. Uh, kept my heart rate low the whole time. Went for 45k and uh, it's kind of more like a recovery ride than anything else. And then did some yoga while watching TV again. And then Saturday, yesterday, was supposed to be the first sunny day of the year. Like, I mean, where it actually got up to, you know, mid-60s and pure blue sky, so it was beautiful. So Eric and I drove down to Penticton, and Penticton is where Eric's uh, Bare Bones Duathlon is going to be in two weeks, and uh, it's about, I don't know, half an hour's drive north of Oliver, where my race is going to be. So we parked the car in Penticton at the end of Skaha Lake, and we, I gave Eric a 15-minute head start because he was going to bike all the way down to the end of the lake and actually go up um, the big climb, McLean Creek, which is part of his race, and I didn't want to do that extra climb. So I gave him a head start, and then I followed him out, but I just skipped the climb and met him in Oliver at a very well-known, famous ice cream place called Tickleberries. And I guess because I've grown up here and I've heard of Tickleberries my whole life, it doesn't sound amusing to me, but I, so many people seem to think it's a funny name, Tickleberries. But anyways, um, Tickleberries is an ice cream touristy place on the side of the highway, just south of Okanagan Falls, and all the cyclists, always tons of cyclists out there, because a lot of people ride that area. It's about half an hour south of of Penticton, and it's along the Ironman Canada route, too. So I rode out there, met him about ten minutes later, and then the two of us together rode down to Oliver, which is another, I don't know, half an hour or so, and then uh, we rode one loop of the Oliver Half Iron bike course. Uh, 
It's about a two and a half loop course for the race, but we just did one loop of it going down Black Sage Road. Now the problem is, it was a brutal headwind the whole way down there. 50 kilometers, what's that, 30 miles of wind, wind, wind right in your face or else it was pushing sideways. Um, I really don't feel confident enough in aero position to be in aero when, the, when I'm getting gusts from the side too. So I sometimes, I wasn't in aero as much as I wanted to be. Um, and it was just mentally and physically exhausting. So by the time we got to the end to turn around, it's kind of a big loop. When you turn around, you come up the highway then. I mean, I knew I was going to have a tailwind, but I was just wiped. 50 kilometers of headwind. It was, and you know, it totally blew my plan altogether because I kind of, I wanted to race, not race it, but kind of, kind of go close to race pace, or at least my race heart rate, and see what my pace was going to be. So I kind of get a feel for whether or not my plan, race plan, is um, going to work. And of course, it will work if um, <laughs> it's only going to work if it's a really windy day, which I sure hope it isn't. So I we planned to run in the ride in the afternoon because we knew that's when it would be warmest and we could kind of you know go without coats and mitts and stuff. But uh, the downside is that's when the wind picks up. If you go early in the morning, you don't hit the wind, but it's a lot colder. And so it was nice to have the sunshine, must say. Ride in short sleeves and shorts, but uh, I got a little sunburn on my face. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. So turned around and just really made up a lot of speed. I was well over 30 kilometers an hour, sometimes hitting 40 kilometers an hour all the way home, or all the way back. So it took me like two hours and 15 minutes, I think, to get down there, and then only an hour and, I don't know, an hour 50, an hour 55 to get back. So we were back 20 minutes faster. <laughs> and I, but I was sort of too tired to really, really push it. I, if I hadn't been so fatigued, I probably could have stayed in arrow and just really pounded it all the way back but anyways it was a good ride but um gee i guess by about 65 70 kilometer mark my whole body was just aching so my neck was sore from being an arrow and my back was hurting my butt was hurting um, my legs were sore <laughs> i just felt like i'd been run over by a truck so good ride but boy i need to do that again so next weekend we're going to go down and going to ride that course the full course um and then the following weekend is Eric's race, so I'll probably do another long ride. So I'm going to do, I, it was a four-hour, 15-minute ride altogether, and I'm going to do at least another three-and-a-half to four-hour ride for the next three weekends in a row so that it starts to feel a little bit more natural. Next weekend I'll do it as a brick with a 15-minute run after. I didn't want to risk it this week. I really wanted to run, but I just didn't want to push my luck with uh, until I know my shins are back to normal. I think they are, so next week should be okay. Uh, yeah, so then last night I did some more yoga um, while watching TV. This watching TV yoga thing is working well for me. I know I don't normally watch a lot of TV, and I, I still aren't, haven't, but we've been, uh, we recorded some comedy programs, a show with, uh, called Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I've been watching a whole pile of back episodes every once in a while when I have a bit of extra time, or one night we watched a movie, so, yeah, we watched The Fighter, that was a good show. But man, those that family's just crazy. Uh, so, anyways, got up this morning, and I'm my legs are really, really trashed from yesterday. So it's gonna be interesting. It was Easter, so I couldn't. I could have, man. I could have fit in my run this morning. Got up really early, and then gone out and run on really tired legs. But we had Easter brunch at eleven, and but you know I didn't want to be racing around in the morning and trying to run so. I decided to run this afternoon, so it's about 3 now, and I'm going to go in about half an hour. I think I'll head out, and I'll go do my 90-minute run, I hope. Maybe only an hour. We'll see how the legs feel. But I did do a really good, solid half hour of yoga this morning, and that felt super. I just I shut the door, uh, didn't get interrupted, turned on some zen kind of music, and I just really focused in on my breathing and just tried to clear my mind. I have a really... Um, hectic mind. I don't know what other people's heads are like, but my head just doesn't shut up, in case you noticed. It's kind of like my mouth. Um, constantly. I'm just always thinking, always thinking, always thinking, and I can't... I have a hard time shutting it off. I, I never, I've never really been able to shut my mind off. So, it's, 
it's it's a battle for me to try and focus in on just my breathing and so I think that's a good thing that for me to do so anyways that's my training and uh, and uh, it was you know my my plan is kind of messed up right now so I'm just kind of going as I feel um, tomorrow I'm gonna go swim yeah, I'm kind of doing the once every two weeks swim program right now. <laughs> it's a minimalist swimming program. I know. I, I keep telling myself, okay, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get out there, and I haven't. I suck. What can I say? Anyways, uh, what else? Oh, my neighbors are out in their yard now. I wonder if they see me standing here talking to myself. I hope they don't think I'm weird. Maybe they'll hope I'm, hopefully they'll think I'm on the phone. Yeah, a handheld phone that I'm holding up to my mouth. Uh, so anyways, I got some. I got some other news. Um, I think I mentioned last week that I had an x-ray. They decided just to rule things out, you know. They had to get this hip x-ray. And the doctor kind of went, well, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll do it if your physiotherapist wants us to, but or your chiropractor wants us to, but you know, it's not going to show anything, you know. He says, but, uh, you know, we might as well do it. So I went down, had the x-ray, and they said it should be back Tuesday. Um, he said, just, he says, if you don't hear from us, everything's okay, you know. We're not going to call you unless there's a problem. So I come home from work Monday, and... I've got a call. <laughs> They've called already. So great, great. That's just awesome. Like, so I phoned the doctor's office, and of course they don't tell you over the phone. She says you have to come in and see him. Uh, so it's a walk-in clinic. I said, okay, well I'm coming down there right now because I'm. It's Monday's my rest day. It's the only day I got any time to go down and hang out at the doctor's office anyway. So I headed right down there. I had to wait an hour, and uh, finally got to see him. And he said, oh well, it's no big deal. Like it wasn't anything like life-threatening, which I wasn't expecting, but. Um, what what they did find is that I've got some mild degenerative arthritis in my hip, and uh, it's all you know. You know, I'm 51, right? He so says it's all within the well within the norms of my age, and yada yada. And it's like nothing. It's nothing bad. He said there's some osteophytes, or also known as bone spurs, in um, the hip area somewhere. I'm not quite clear. I I I don't know very much about osteoarthritis at all. So of course I got home and jumped on Google. So I talked to him a little bit and you know we, he still was he doesn't know from what his point of view was whether or not my the problems I'm having with my hip are actually related to the fact that I've got this um, mild arthritis in my hip or not. Um, he says it could still be you know a soft tissue injury and and so he's I've got a, a referral in to see the sports medicine a specialist on May 5th and so um, he'll be able to if they want they can order you know soft tissue imaging or something like that and check it and he'll probably have a better idea but I came home and I, I googled osteoarthritis and I, I first of all asked him is there something I should be doing to you know make this not happen anymore you know it's, can I take something take in more calcium do more exercises or something and he said basically no our osteoarthritis is, is uh, can you can get it from you know overuse and damage, but which isn't my case because I haven't been a lifelong athlete or anything. But uh, it's mostly just hereditary. It's some people get it, some people don't. And my mom has arthritis, and uh, not in her hip. She has it in her hand and uh, hands and her back. But uh, I think I probably have it in a couple other places too because I was reading up on it, and I, I'm always stiff when I get up. I have trouble getting up and walking for the first four or five steps, which I always have blamed the, you know, just the fact that I'm always training and I'm always sore. <laughs> so maybe it's not, maybe it's just old age. How depressing, eh? I know, you you guys are all listening to this and you're all youngsters and you have to deal with old age crap. But anyway, so I went online and I found a, one website that was called jointpainsolution.com I think it had a dash between each word. And it was just, there's tons of information online, obviously, about osteoarthritis, and they all say pretty much the same thing. But I want to read this one section that it said, um, right off the bat when it described it. was It said, the most common location of hip arthritis pain is the groin region, or the front of the hip. Often, it will feel like a pinch sensation in the groin, especially when the hip is flexed, as in bringing the knee up to the chest. And I thought, that's exactly me. That's exactly my problem. It feels like a pinching sensation. It's right in the front of my groin, um, right in the front of my hip. And when I, I can't bring my knee up and I can't turn my... Of course, I'm trying to do it while I'm talking to you. Uh, I can't turn my knee out if it comes up. Um, so I thought, ah, oh, 
Jeez, that's exactly my problem. Now, it doesn't just because this website says it doesn't mean that's really is my problem, but it sure described me to the T. The also it said, which was really surprising to a lot of people, is that another place that you'll feel you'll have pain from hip arthritis is the medial or inside of the knee, and I do get pain in there sometimes. So, uh, you know, that could be related, and I guess it's because of the way you know the hip pulls. And you get all these muscles are interconnected, and, and uh, you know the attachments and whatnot. One pulls on the other, and it causes problems in other areas. Uh, people with osteo hip osteoarthritis often have difficulty getting socks and shoes on and off. Yep, that's me. Uh, getting in and out of a car. Yeah, I have to be careful with that. And sitting and standing. So I do find, um, and also squatting down, I find, is uh, a little bit painful. We're not talking big time pain here though I mean I'm really not just the moving my turning my knee out is what's really painful so I went on to read a little bit about what to do and there's three main things um, one is reducing inflammation one is restoring the range of motion and one is strengthening the hip so and of course reducing inflammation uh, mostly they just talked about icing not heating uh, a couple of times a day for 10 to 15 minutes, the front and the side of the hip, uh, using anti-inflammatory drugs, possibly, and uh, sometimes cortisone shots are, are called for. I don't think I need any of those things, but icing might be helpful. And then uh, restoring range of motion, mostly with stretching and physiotherapy, so that you want to improve the flexion, rotation, flex, yeah, flexion, flexion, whatever. Uh, rotation and extension of your hip. Um, they mentioned cycling is good because, and also water exercises because they get the joints more lubricated, that synovial fluid in the joints, um, and that uh, helps with movement and helps it feel better. So, uh, some of the stretches they mentioned were doing uh, hip flexor exercises or stretches, piriformis stretch, uh, hamstring stretch, and most of these are stretches that I do, so that's good. I'm going to continue. And then also strengthening with uh, single leg raises, back bridges, and side leg raises or uh, adduction, I think. I can't remember what it said. But anyways, yeah. So it sounds to me like it's, I've been doing all the right things, and we'll just kind of see how see what the sports med guy says. So when I went to see um, Melanie, my chiropractor, I told her all of this, and I told her for na from this point, you know, like we've been doing the physiotherapy and the chiropractics for, you know, I don't know, four or five weeks now. I've done, they've done as much as they can do, and, and I have seen a huge amount of improvement, but it's just not being fixed the way they expect. I'm, they're not seeing me better, um, like totally fixed. So they think something else is working here, and so it kind of looks like arthritis is going to be the, the reason, but I guess we'll see. We'll wait and see, and this is the continuing saga, but I think what's kind of funny is like this whole hip thing really doesn't affect up until now hasn't really affected any of my sports. Like it doesn't, my hip does not hurt me when I run at all. I don't feel my hip. There's no pain when I'm running at all. Um, I feel a little bit of achiness when I'm biking sometimes. Um, and this year is the first time I felt that, but it's very mild, very mild, and I don't feel it at all when I'm swimming. So, none of this really is related to triathlon, at the, at, as I speak. But I guess if it turns out to be arthritis, it, and it turns out to be a problem, then perhaps it may be a problem in the future for sports. So, I'll just have to find out what the sports med guy recommends and uh, see if I can, you know, head it off at the pass. I'm going to take more. I'm going to start taking glucosamine on a regular basis have in the past but I never did it uh, regularly so um, a couple of people have recommended glucosamine and not bothering with chondroitin apparently we can't absorb chondroitin and we can glucosamine so uh, yeah that's one of the things and you got to take it for apparently um, four to six weeks before you even start to find any kind of improvement when you take glucosamine so when I searched a little bit about it, it sounded like um, science shows that you know some of their studies have had mixed um, reaction with whether or not glucosamine actually does do anything. Some some studies say it does, and some studies say it doesn't. 
So uh, I figure, well, it's not too super expensive, so it might be worthwhile to take for, uh, I don't know, three or four months and see if I see any improvement. All right, so that's the, uh, uh, as the world turns for uh, Kelowna Girl and her ongoing physical ailments. I guess maybe I should change this to Kelowna Girl's Old Age Podcast. What do you think? All right, I'm, I'm changing position here. I'm switching into a chair over in the, what I call the bistro area. I'm no longer sitting on top of the hot tub. Now I'm sitting in the little bistro table with the chairs and putting my feet up. So, uh, one of the things I really wanted to talk about today, as I switch through papers here, and hopefully it's not too noisy, is... Oh, I know, first, before I forget... Um, the whole, the whole topic of whether or not I should run without my orthotics. I've had a couple of people email me. Jake emailed me and um, really agreed with the whole idea of getting rid of the orthotics and not needing them with Newtons. And he and I both kind of thought that Newton does have the orthotics thing on their website, that, that you should continue to wear them, and they actually told me that to my face when I emailed them. But we both kind of feel like it's more of a cover-your-ass kind of thing because... If they start telling people you don't need to wear orthotics and the person has some kind of specific problem that you really they really need to, then you know they might be liable. And so maybe they're maybe that's why they told me that I don't have to, that I do have to. So, anyways, Jake and I talked about that, and then I got this email or voicemail from Stuart. So I'm going to plunk that in right here. Hey Bob, it's Stuart from the Quadrathon blog and podcast. Just catching up on, I don't think it's your more recent episode, perhaps the one before that, where you talked about um, running and trying to run without your orthotics in uh, your Newtons, I guess, and um, finding that that uh, advice conflicted with what was on the Newton website and wondering what to do, I suppose, or I think you actually made a decision, but um, wondering if it'll work. So I just wanted to share with you my experience. Um, I'm not as far down the uh, path of transition to uh, forefoot running or midfoot running than you are. I've really only been doing it for the last uh, couple or three months. But uh, like you, I had to have custom orthotics for my quote-unquote old running shoes, um, I only ever wore the orthotics for, for running shoes and hiking. I never wore them in my uh, sort of day-to-day dress shoes or anything like that. And uh, I'd never had any issues with them. Um, and it was simply that I had forgotten to put them in, um, uh, I think it was my Kinvara's, when I first got them and started running without the orthotics in those and had no problems at all. But I was interested to hear that you had said that it was hurting the uh, sole of your right foot. And uh, similar to that, I had uh, not pain, but just a sort of a, a sensation of heat. And it was, it was very interesting that you said that because that's, you know, it was the right foot for me. And it was actually something that I commented on when I wrote up my Kinvara review. Um, you know, it just stuck with me. Um, I don't have that anymore, so I'm wondering if that, that you know, through that transition and through through the um, sort of exercises and plyometrics and, and um, stuff like that that I followed in the Danny Abshire book, uh, if that helped uh, remove that out of the equation, so to speak. But I don't I don't have that um, heat or sensation in my right foot anymore, even though I'm running in Kinvara's and I'm mostly running in my Newtons and running in them without my custom orthotics at all now. So they're just sat in the bottom of my closet in an older pair of shoes. So I just wanted to share with you um, that experience um, of not wearing my orthotics in my Newtons. It didn't seem to be an issue at all, um, or it doesn't seem to be an issue at all now, although it was something that um, could have could have become one, I suppose, is the best way to put it. Okay, that's all. Um, Love the show as always. Talk to you soon. See ya. Okay, so thanks very much, Stuart, for that. Uh, it's always good to have some more confirmation. So if anybody else out there is, has uh, transitioned out of orthotics and uh, wants to shoot me a uh, little feedback on that, that would be great. 
So next thing I want to talk about is this awesome recovery uh, workshop seminar I went to about a month ago. And it was put on by Wave Physiotherapy here in Kelowna, which is where my physiotherapist is, Martha. And they had four presenters, uh, Martha Sirdeven, uh, Greg Redman, who's also a physiotherapist at Wave. They had Rob Swan, who is a coach from Critical Performance, I've mentioned a few times. He's a provincial biathlon coach. He's a... Um, um, he's like he's got every coaching qualification you can imagine. He's an excellent coach. Um, triathlon and biathlon are his two specialties, though. But he's also swimming and biking and everything. So uh, he did one, and also Olympic athlete and friend, uh, Melindy Elmore. She's a track athlete, Canadian Olympic athlete, and uh, she's amazing too. So the four of them each did a presentation, sort of from a different viewpoint, about the importance of recovery. And it was really interesting uh, to see all the different ideas. When Greg did his, he has been the coach for, oops, he's an Olympic athlete coach. So he talked about very much like uh, from the point of view of how Olympic coaches, the, like the amazing um, ways that they, the, the stuff that they have to, for recovery, you know, with all this really, really expensive stuff, like $8,000 suits and stuff where they can do, I don't know, you know, I can't even talk about it because I, I don't have all the vocabulary in front of me, but he talked about a pile of stuff that none of which the average person would ever do or afford, but it was really interesting to see. And then uh, we heard from Martha, and she talked basically, a lot of the stuff that I talked about last week, the kinds of physiotherapy things that, that can be done to help um, get through, you know, the aches and pains of of uh, recovering from hard workouts. Um, she, the thing she mainly talked about, things that she recommended people do, is, is the importance of ice baths and uh, or of alternating uh, contrast baths where you go from hot to cold. So you'd be doing uh, cold where you'd be 8 to, 10 cent, 8 to 10 degrees Celsius, which is about 46 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit, alternating with uh, hot 40 degrees Celsius or 104 degrees Fahrenheit. So if you had an, if you supposing you're just doing your legs and you had a big bucket, you could stand in a, I don't know, garbage pail. I've heard of people doing it in a garbage pail, just standing in a garbage pail, uh, up to their hips. Or I often do a big five-gallon pail up to my knees, with ice water, and then stay in there for about 15 minutes, and then flip your legs over and get into a, an, a hot tub and do that for 15 minutes. Go back and forth, uh, or also just just the cold the importance of cold. Now, if you've, you don't have to do this if you go for a nice 30-minute run. And if you're just a beginner, you don't have to do this. But if you're doing long, hard workouts where you're doing, you know, a couple-hour hard bike ride with a lot of hills and a lot of climbing, or you've, you know, going out for an hour and a half run or, you know, you're doing repeats or something like that where you're really, really stressing your legs, um, ice baths are just amazing. And with my shin stuff, I find even just coming home, I make little Dixie cups full of water and freeze them. And then I just tear off the top paper and I just rub ice. Ice massage up my shins is amazing. Um, the difference between having sore shins and not having sore shins if I do ice massage after every run. So, uh, you know, it's, I think it's pretty well documented, the, the importance of uh, cold. Then... Uh, Oh, that's the other thing she said. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to slip in a little thing here. I, I had uh, somebody from Arctic Ease uh, contact me recently, and they sent me some samples, which were quite interesting. Um, Arctic Ease is another way of applying cold. Now, it's not ice cold. It's um, probably, I think, about 55 degrees Fahrenheit. I think it's about what they estimated it to be. And these are sort of the cloth. Well, there were some, they're all different sizes and shapes, but there's like cloth bands. Oh, it's like a compression strip, okay? Um, like an elastic, oh gosh, can't think of the word. But anyways, they're impregnated with some kind of gel stuff. And when they're wet, they're soft. They've got this gel that kind of holds the cold, but they don't, the gel doesn't really come off until they start aging. And you just keep them on the counter, or you can keep them in the fridge. I do like them in the fridge because they're just a little bit colder when you first put them on. 
Uh, you don't ever freeze them though. So you take them out and I've got some that are about four inches wide and some that are about an inch and a half wide and they wrap about four times around my shins. They've also got square pads. They've got a lot of different shapes and sizes of these things. They just basically stick to themselves. So you don't need to strap them on. You don't need to cover them. In fact, you're not supposed to cover them. And you wrap them around. You can leave them on for several hours. Um, I found that after about a couple, three hours, they finally dried out and they were like hard fabric wrapped around my leg and almost stiff. Uh, but then you take them off and you wrap, put them, roll them back up uh, and you just put a couple of tablespoons of water and zip them back into their little Ziploc pouch and stick them back in the fridge and they rehydrate and they re-chill and you can reuse them. Uh, so far I've used my wide ones about four times each and I did feel like they were, um, they felt good. They're, I found at first I, I had to play around with them to be able to get them to stay on really easily but they was, wasn't difficult but I just didn't put them on properly and there was sort of corner was flipping down a bit and stuff but once I figured out how to get them on to keep them to stay on uh, that was good and they're not as cold as ice and yet their literature says that they don't really need to be that that having them just even at that 55, 56, 57 degrees Fahrenheit temperature for extended period of time um, is is more beneficial than a short period of ice. So, you know, that I I haven't read up on the details of it, but it was kind of interesting, anyways. So I am testing them out, and uh, I appreciate Arctic Ease for sending those to me, and uh, I'm going to keep using them. They eventually will start to the gel will start to kind of dry up and peel off and flake off and then it's time to toss them so I'm not sure how many uses you can get out of them. I think I went to their website and just one long strip of them was I think they're anywhere between 7 and 12 bucks so they're, they're not cheap but uh, since they can be reused quite a few times I thought they'd be awesome for taking to a race when you really don't have a chance to to throw ice on yourself or anything at that point you could just have them sitting in your backpack and then bang and wrap your legs up and you're, you're good to go. All right, so anyways, Martha talked about um, IMS. She talked about active release technique and grass and a massage and all those kinds of things. Um, the thing she mentioned about IMS, which you heard me moan and groan about last week, and just a little bit more information I didn't tell you. It said it promotes normalization of muscle tone through your body's natural electrical system. Um, so that's what they're doing by triggering your electrical system. It's promoting the normalization of muscle tone. Okay, and uh, it causes micro trauma to your muscles, and that releases growth factors. So it helps to heal them. And that's a little bit more information about that. Uh, after Martha, uh, Melindy Elmore came out and she talked from a uh, Olympic athlete's point of view, and uh, she was. She was great. It was really interesting to hear. You know, she's like a regular person. She's, you know, we asked somebody asked her, "Do you stretch?" And she says, "Well, no, she doesn't stretch." She says, "I should stretch more." You know, the whole the jury's out a lot. You know, about whether or not how whether or not everybody needs to stretch and whether it's important. I mean, if you never stretch and you never get injured and and you're young and this doesn't seem to be an issue, well, who says it? You need to. But um, I think most people probably benefit from stretching and or yoga but uh, her main focus was the fact that you know do your workouts hard like when you're training train hard but then she said it's super important to plan your recovery if you plan your workouts you should also be planning your recovery and if you work out really hard today then tomorrow needs to be a recovery day and she talked about the importance of resting on those recovery days uh, maybe doing a light stretch um, because she's an Olympic athlete, she goes for a run on a rest day. You know, for me, I could never run on a rest day because then it wouldn't be a rest day. <laughs> Running is hard. Um, but she just runs easy. She said, get rid of your friends, get rid of your Garmin, don't go with anybody, just go easy and just relax. Um, or, you know, for most people, maybe just walking. She suggested making sure you eat well on your rest days, use a foam roller uh, or the stick um, sleep, get lots of rest, like sleeping is really important and she talked about how much extra sleep she gets when she's training hard for the Olympics. And she talked about the importance of planning and packing um, a bag when you're going to do 
a hard workout so that you've got what you need the you know your recovery fuel and fluids and ice and whatever else you might need to actually plan for it and have it ready with you so that when you go to your do your workout you're ready to go immediately so uh, it was good to listen to her and then Rob Swan I'm just rattling paper here I'll just turn my page over he did it he probably did the most comprehensive information because he kind of took it from what to do immediately what to do a couple within the next couple of hours what to do two to four hours that night and the next day following a hard workout and he said um, he quoted somebody else but uh, what you do recovery is what you do between training sessions so that you can trade train hard and perform well the next session uh, he talked the importance about balancing work and family and then hard and easy workouts the importance of you know most of us aren't elite athletes we don't work out for our job we have full-time jobs and maybe school and um, kids or parents or brothers and sisters and other responsibilities um, and so you know planning and balancing out your lifestyle is super important you can't just go out all out and not expect to uh, eventually burn out or become overtrained or just bagged out because you're too tired so um, he said if you're doing less than an hour workout for most people you know the recovery time is minimal um, it's important within 15-20 minutes they say to restore your flu start restoring your fluids and your energy and so if you've just worked gone for a 30 minute run or a 45 minute bike ride or whatever um, you know just get some uh, some high glycemic sports drink uh, of some sort uh, you know couple of cups or anywhere up to a liter of it uh, over the next hour for that you know within an hour of your of your ride but if you've done an hour like more than an hour long uh, workout then you want to get uh, some kind of recovery drink it usually works as a three to four carbs to one protein ratio um, I happen to choose chocolate milk because I'm not a, a vegan uh, and chocolate milk is yummy and it's available and we can have it in our house all the time so it's and it's way cheaper than buying a recovery drink and it's perfect ratio of carbs to protein um, but you may have uh, some other recovery drink that you like um, that works just as well he also talked about the importance of um, not just stopping a workout but you know walking or jogging or something for like as a cool down the importance of doing a cool down especially after a hard workout and then uh, he also strongly recommended an ice bath or icing of your muscles that you worked really hard that day and so that's within like basically immediately after the workout cool down get some uh, restore the fluids and and possibly um, a recovery drink of with protein and carbs and then an ice bath and then for the next couple of hours you want to continue to get some food into uh, have a good well-balanced meal as soon as you feel like you can eat um, you can maybe get get in and have a shower right away if you if you feel like having a shower or to get you know you will want to have a shower and do get in and have the shower right away uh, he talked about the contrasting hot and cold uh, even with the hot and cold shower if you've got a shower head you can just pull this the wand down and put uh, kind of cold water as cold as you can stand on your legs and then hot water and then cold water and then hot water and um, that just relaxing and maybe having a nap or something so that you're rested hello Hi. and where are you going Running. come here where are you gonna run up here, up here? Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go run down the greenway go you don't want to go down the greenway and run yeah I said I'd be about half an hour yeah, well it was half an well it was ten after five after three is. Oh yeah, it's 40 minutes. So. Uh, if you're coming. You're I going. am. Okay. I'm gonna come back later and finish this because it looks like we're going for a run. Okay. Okay, I'm back from my run. I'm just gonna continue what I was talking about, <clears throat> Rob Swan's uh, points on recovery. And I think, if I wasn't mistaken, that he mentioned having a rest, relaxing, or even having a nap you know sometime within the couple hours after your race your run your hard workout and then he talks about you know two to four hours 
after your workout um, to, you know, you may have, just a, he's got a variety of things he could do, doing some stretching. He talked about the importance of holding the stretches, so more than just, uh, you know, 30 seconds, 20 seconds, but actually hold it for uh, two to five minutes per stretch is really, to make it really beneficial. Um, he talked about putting your f legs up on the wall, so go right up against the wall and put your feet up on the wall so that your legs are straight up and leave them there for five or ten to twenty minutes. That's a great way to get some uh, them to drain out. And then uh, self-massage, um, have a nice hot bath, maybe with some Epsom salts, uh, read, listen to music, just relax. And then, turn my paper over, <clears throat> he does believe in, and brought in a lot of different tools that you can use for self-massage. Um, he's got the stick, he's got some trigger point. Uh, trigger point is a uh, is a brand, I think, and if you just Google trigger point, you'll see they've got a lot of different shapes of kind of self-massage tools you can use that uh, have knobbies on them and they're various sizes. You can roll over them and use them in different ways for different body parts. So quite handy. I tried a few and some that felt really good on the bottom of my foot actually. Uh, foam roller and also various types of compression wear. And then I uh, talked about the importance of getting enough sleep and resting. Um, really relax before you go to bed so that you're not uh, stressed out and tense when you go to bed. And then the next morning when you get up, check your resting heart rate. Uh, check your weight to make sure you're not dehydrated. And sort of record how you feel. He also talked about training logs and stuff and, and making the importance of recording how your workout went as part of your workout. And then in the morning, record how you feel the next day. And then evaluate your workout that you have planned for that day. Should you be doing it? Should you change it? Um, you know, are you feeling well rested enough to do it? And... Um, and he also mentioned uh, eat a good breakfast. So those were um, his main points from his workout and uh, from his presentation. So pretty good. I enjoyed that. And uh, so, you know, I know a lot of us tend to think that, you know, I don't know, I guess you kind of, you just want to get out there and work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. But you know, working hard is what breaks down your muscles, and if you don't recover, you don't rebuild them. You've got to rebuild those muscles as well. Um, every workout has a little micro damage to your muscles, and, the, and that's the reason that they get stronger. Well, then you feel, fuel them, and you hydrate, and you rest them, and they grow stronger, and then you can go out and you tear them down a little bit more again. And if you don't do the rest and the relaxation in between, you don't get the proper... You know, you're missing that little step in the building of your muscles. So, uh, And just on a point from me, my uh, one of my previous coaches, Brian, had recommended me taking BCAA, which is branched chain amino acids. Um, he said take four after every hard, hard workout. So I usually take four with my chocolate milk. And I don't take chocolate milk unless I do a really hard workout that's more than an hour long. Okay, all right, so that's uh, my comments about recovery and the importance of that. I've got a whole bunch of shout-outs and, and thank yous and things I want to do right now. Uh, first of all, Daily Mile, I've had a bunch of new friends lately, so hello to all my new friends on Daily Mile. Thanks for adding me. And uh, shout-out to Kelly W. Congrats on her first 70.3 race. She did great. She had a good time. She's uh, she She's been out swimming and working out even within a few days of her race so she's done well and she's really happy with her first race so congratulations to you Kelly um, and a shout out to a couple of new Facebook friends Rhonda she's doing her first 70.3 in August so hi to Rhonda and she, I think she's also joined the Facebook podcast Kelowna Girl podcast listeners group on Facebook and uh, Doug in Vermont has just joined Facebook and added me as a friend, friend too. I still call him Doug in Vermont. But uh, anyways, hey Doug, how are you doing? And a uh, bunch of people on the Facebook group. So welcome to Heather. Uh, Sherry? Sherry? Cherry? I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. It's spelled C-H-E-R-Y, I think. And Will, who's known as Big Brown Truck Man. I didn't know who he was at first, so I'm glad he told me his name on Twitter so I knew who he was. So, hey, Will, he's been, he's been around for a long time. 
and um, also to Arlbert, Arlbert Einstein. He's got the funny Einstein uh, um, avatar on his thing. Well, he's just posted on the Kelowna Girl Tries podcast listeners group um, that he's entered a, a contest and he gets to have a shot at winning some some gear at Skin Fit, which is a brand. And uh, if you just click on the link and like the Skin Fit, Fit page and then click on his photo, which he's provided a link for, um, the more votes he gets, the more likes he gets, the better chance he has. Last I saw, he was in second place, and I'm not sure how much longer it lasts. So um, if, you, if you're if you a member of the group or if you want to join the Facebook group, Kelowna Girl, just go KG Tries, podcast listeners group. If you search it, uh, you can find it and just ask to join and I'll add you on. Um, and just a whole whack of people who've... <coughs> Excuse me. You've made comments, Treya and Cheryl and Heather and Arlbert and Shelley and Jason and James B and Jake and Marianne and Jennifer W and Carlos and Trevor and Todd. A lot of people have been commenting and and uh, chatting around various topics on that group. So thanks to you guys. Really, you know, I really so appreciate it. I love getting the emails too, so it's wonderful. Uh, oh, I want to give congratulations to Sheila down in California. I get to meet her this summer. I'm super excited about that. She just had an outstanding 70.3 race. Just just amazing and awesome. So awesome for her. Uh, I want to send some good vibes to some people that don't actually listen to the show, but I'm going to send good vibes out to them anyways. To Runner Girl from on Twitter, who's going through a bit of a cancer scare and hopefully it's all going to turn out to be fine but uh, we're going to send her all my very very best anti-cancer vibes um, she had cancer in the past and so uh, anytime you have had a bout of cancer any kind of ache and pain I'm sure is really scary and so she's got to get things checked out and she's doing so and to my good friend Dustin who I haven't actually met but he's a local Kelowna guy who um Young guy just started riding a tri bike, not I guess last year, and was hit by a car um, riding on one of the routes I ride all the time. Going through an intersection, someone turned right into him, and he broke his hip, and he's just on road to recovery now. It's like been months, so he's um, out riding his bike again now, and uh, he won't be able to run for two years. They say, sad to say, but uh, he can ride, so he's happy to be out in his bike, however slowly. And uh, shout out to my friend Carmel, who just won, did two provincial records in swimming for, uh, I think, fly and, f- I'm going to say freestyle, but I can't remember, I think it's 50 meters something. I'm not very much, I'm not very knowledgeable about swimming, but Carmel is, the records she broke, I think, were her own records. And uh, just excellent, she's in the master's division now. And uh, Brent, local guy, Brent, who's just an amazing cyclist, who's, just every couple of days seems to go out and do like 180 kilometer ride down to he we drive to Oliver to Penticton and then ride to Oliver he just rides to Oliver the whole way so and uh, an interesting comment when I was at M- Melanie my chiropractor her mom is an amazing triathlete and her mom's sister Cindy Rhodes is a local amazing runner and uh, I went in wearing whatever kind of oh, I had my innovates on and and Laura Lee started chatting with me about my running shoes and then we started talking about Newtons because I told her I usually run in Newtons she said oh Cindy's been running in Newtons and she just clocked her f- like a super fast 38 minute 10k at the Vancouver Sun Run last weekend and uh, she's in my age group she's like a 50 to 54 I think I think she's a couple years older than me and she hasn't run a sub 40 for a while, so it's just amazing that she's and she attributes it totally to her Newtons, so she's a sworn. So we, I wish we could buy Newtons in Kelowna. So, anyways, that's just a bunch of shout-outs I wanted to do. Got one more page on the back. What have I got over here? Oh yeah, a bunch of thanks to people who've been posting comments on my blog. Thanks to Kristen and Blaine and Cabacona Try Girl and Kevin from Half Trying who uh, just uh, asked me a little bit about my. Zoot triathlon bags. So, and Ian and Milano running mom, and Gordon and Sheila and Jake and Petra and another word I can't read. John, I think it says. Hmm. 
And uh, finally, I got another nice email from Bob and from Michael. So I should probably go in the house and see what I wrote there. I can't remember. I don't. I'm outside on the deck icing my shins right now. And maybe while I'm on the way into my computer, I'll just tell you a little bit about my run. Went out to the Greenway. Eric and I went out to run together. And uh, I was kind of undecided of how I was going to run for an hour or an hour and a half. But uh, my my quads are pretty trash from the bike ride yesterday. And my tummy's a bit too full from a big brunch, Easter brunch today. So I ended up sticking with an hour. Not only that, Eric was extremely antsy to get back right away because the hockey game's already into the first period. So it seemed like an hour was all I was going to get. So my plan was I was going to run 30 minutes with my orthotics and 30 minutes without. Got back to the car to switch out my orthotics and realized I forgot the regular inserts. And so I was a little hesitant to be able to... um, yeah, to be able, I was really hesitant to, to run without any inserts, so I figured I'd better just do it. So I went back, out and back. And uh, anyways, I don't know how far I went because I also ended up, tr- I'm using Eric's Garmin. It's his bike Garmin. I can't see where my pace is. I don't know anything about it. And I ended up hitting the stop button partway through my run, so it kind of sucked. Anyways, I got a sun. I just looking at my arms and I see I got a sunburn from working out in the garden and stuff today, too. All right, I'm at my computer now, and Arlbert says, oh, he's just posted. The The contest is open till the 27th, and he's really close to winning, so he appreciates every single help. So if you can get on there, if you hear this before April 27th, and you can join the Kelowna Girl Tries Podcast Listeners Group, KG Tries Podcast Listeners Group, that's what it's called, and then you can click on Like His Skin Fit um, it's just one of those, you know, a business where you click on like. So if you don't mind doing that, it'd be great. Albert would appreciate it, I am sure. All right, let's get to the emails. So I've got this one from Michael, KK Girl. Your last episode was, oh, yeah, this is funny. He says, your last episode was yada, yada, yada. Insert praise, appreciation, and compliments, which you never read uh, read on the air, but you deserve to share for for sharing so much with your audience. <laughs> He said, I appreciate you taking us out on your last treatment. It was more intimate than Megan's Porta Potty podcast and even more painful to listen to. You certainly are dedicated to your sport when it entails such barbarous torture sessions. Ouch. Thanks to your practitioner for being open minded as well. And I think I'm going to say, I think Jake said he liked the music that was playing in the background. Uh, and it was, he named some band, I don't know. But, anyways. Um, and uh, Michael also commented about uh, Run Try Chat. He's enjoying it, uh, so he knows it's challenging to get people from different countries and time zones to all organized. But he's enjoying the interesting discussions. So, uh, and yeah, and I am trying to work on getting uh, Run Try Chat shows out when I can. You know, it's <laughs> it's hard to do two podcasts. I have to tell you, and Run Try Chat. I do have it set so it's fairly. Um, simple to put it together because I don't really do much editing or anything and I've got a sort of a canned package where I can just pop in the recording but it still takes time, you know, it takes an hour to do it and plus an hour to record but the hardest part is sending emails back and forth with uh, trying to figure out who can be on what time, (laughs) that takes time and also got a message from Bob who's B I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Freen Freen, F-R-E-I-N uh, anyways, um, he said, Barb, just wanted to thank you for including a direct MP3 download link in the show notes. I'm, I am one that doesn't use iTunes for my podcasts. And uh, I'm going to assume anybody who's listening to the show knows that. But if for some reason you're listening to this uh, on iTunes on somebody else's machine and you didn't know, you can go to the show notes and click every episode is there. Um, you just have to go to the episode you want and then click and there's a link. If you ever find a broken link or something, please let me know and I'll fix it. Um, Bob goes on to say, I just finished the episode on bike essentials. Um, he's, I know I'm a bit behind. Hey, don't worry about it. I, I, I'm, I listen to tons and tons of podcasts and I am so behind on some. And then I, then I'll just jump through and listen to a whole bunch. And sometimes I just miss them. I mean, you can't listen to every episode of every show. Let's face it. Um, but he gave a couple of really good 
uh, suggestion. So I wanted to share those with you. He said, one thing I always shove in the back of my jersey is a plastic grocery bag. It serves two purposes. I can use it between my base layer and jersey if it's cold, and it acts like as a shield from the cold, and it also works as a trash bag for gels or whatever. And I thought that was a great idea. In fact, I, I've con- converted this short uh, water bottle into a tube and, um, you know, keep my inner tube and my um, lever, tire levers and stuff in there, and I could easily shove a little uh, a plastic garbage bag in there. I think it would have room. And the other thing he carries is a pair of latex gloves. He says they come in handy when you're changing a tire. Your hands don't get dirty and greasy from the chain. Both of these items are lightweight, and they can be carried easily. So I just thought I wanted to share with you and your listeners. Thanks for your hard work on the podcast, Bob. So thanks very much, Bob. Really appreciate the feedback. And, uh, yeah, that's great. So, I think that is all for now. Eric is two weeks out from his race, so maybe next week we'll get him on the show and he'll talk a little bit about his race strategy. He's been going great guns. He's really working hard at it, so it's great. He's also working hard getting the basement finished. He's got two-thirds of it gyprock now, so drywalled, so looking forward to getting that all finished. And I've done really well on my part. I hold up boards and things every once in a while when I'm asked to. Uh, yeah, let's see, I guess that's about it. I've got three weeks till my sprint triathlon. I'm trying to, I'm contemplating my race strategy for the sprint. Right now I'm kind of thinking I'm going to do the the sprint triathlon at, at my half iron pace. <laughs> you know how good I am at not racing races, right? But that, I was thinking that would be the smart thing to do. And, um, but you know, can I do it? I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, Kelowna Girl. And if you want to follow me on Facebook, just go Facebook backslash Kelowna Girl. And the blog is KelownaGirl.com. It's got links to all sorts of places. You can also follow me as Kelowna Girl on Daily Mile. And um, you can email me, KelownaGirl at gmail.com. I try to keep it simple. Did you notice? And... Uh, Yeah, I guess that's it. As always, the closing song, at least for the last month or two, has been Here and Now by Great Big C. I really appreciate them. And oh my God, I'm so excited. I totally forgot. (gasps) In a couple of weeks, I guess it's a week, May 1st. That's pretty close. That's next weekend, right? Yes. Next Sunday night, Jeremy Fisher and Sean McCann from Great Big C are going to be at my favorite restaurant, the Minstrel Cafe, where Eric and I got married, which is about a mile from my house. And it is my favorite restaurant, and they always have live music there. And Eric and I go and we either listen to music or we dance. And we love it, and it's an intimate place. And Jeremy Fisher, who I would go and pay tickets to see at a concert, and Sean McCann, who is from them, are are going are touring to right now together, and it's going to be super super awesome. And I just couldn't believe it when I saw that they were going to be here. I called right away and got tickets, and I'm super excited. So, sadly, they only had bar tickets left, so we're not really close. But um, I I taught the uh, owner's daughter, and uh, he likes us. And uh, we've had a couple of parties there. He did say he's going to try to get us a table. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll slip him a 20. No, just kidding. We don't have to do that. Anyway, um, yeah. So I'll talk to you in another week. And um, take care. And uh, let's see how the week unfolds. Bye-bye. The sun must say.